As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Today, my featured guest is Dan Donaldson, and Dan is proudly married to his wife, Andrea, for over 30 years. Woo! Go marriage. They have five beautiful children and live in Colorado, USA. Dan worked in the pharmaceutical industry for over 20 years uh, before joining the Augustine Institute in 2015, where he helped to oversee the launch of the formed platform, how cool is that? That thing has spread like wildfire. And their diocesan partnerships. He then worked with Chris Stefanik at Real Life Catholic to help increase their reach to share the love of Jesus with more souls. For all my Protestant listeners out there, Catholics believe in Jesus. He's the only Savior. We get it. We're on board with you. Stop accusing us of not being. It's so confusing. All right, Dan joined the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance in October 2022 and is passionate about helping strengthen men, men, men in their faith in Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk about men today, and we're going to start with Dan, the man, and we're going to talk about his life, his spiritual journey. Like, listen, we're... None of us, well, very few of us, I should say, started out like just pure believers with incredible relationship with God, untainted. We've never fallen, right? We're always there. We are the older brother in the prodigal son story. Like, maybe you're that guy. God bless you. I certainly was. And I was the younger brother, man. I squandered my inheritance. I was eating corn husk in the pigsty. And I wasn't even, I didn't even have the, the anything to get back up and go back to the Father. Do you know what Jesus did? He came into the darkness and found me. Mm-hmm. I was the lost one sheep out of the, the 99 good ones. I was the bad one. And he came to me, found me in the darkness, put me on his shoulders, kicking and screaming. I probably peed on him. I was that guy. Mm-hmm. And he brought me back, unwillingly at first, ungrateful for sure. And then he saved me and turned my life around. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Jesus, who sometimes comes all the way into the darkness to save you because you're worth it. You're worth it. Not because you think so. Not because the world says so, because they tell you the opposite. But because God said so. All right, that was my little testimony there. Dan Donaldson, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast in the world, soon to be the universe. Uh, For Protestants and Catholics, go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in your intro, would you? What a gift and blessing to be on the show with you, Joseph. This is awesome. And uh, I love how you start. And that's the way we should all start. We should all start with our relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I, too, am that dark black one sheep that was lost and wallowing in the muck and the mire. And he came and pulled me out. Thanks be to God for that. So I, um, I'll, I'll give you the 
try to compress it as much as possible. Yeah, don't give I us the would... whole story. Just give us like anything I missed in the the intro there, and then I'll get into the story. Sure. Now, I, I, the only thing that uh, I would possibly add is that I, I feel very, very blessed. I was born and raised Catholic. Um, and, uh, however, as a kid, this really was not, you know, I, th- I, I had this, um, well, let's start back there. My parents, uh, divorced before I was born. Hmm. Um, I was a fifth, fifth child. Um, and my mom was a mommy, a single mommy of five kids and <laughs> I was the youngest and my uh, stepfather, my dad, who raised me, Jim Buchan is his name. He married my mom when I was four years old. And um, he was not Catholic. They came into the church and we, they, we weren't practicing. Uh, they came in the church when I was in the fifth grade or fourth grade. Then they put me in the Catholic school and I hadn't received my sacraments, anything like that. I had no clue um, what this Catholic thing was all about. But, um, you know, we'd go to weekly mass as a school go to church together and I really hadn't been to church and uh, I thought it was really cool. And I discovered that they did this like every morning, like uh, I got to check that out. And I started to go to daily mass as a a fifth grader. I was riding my bike to school and go to daily mass. And I started showing up and the priest saw me, you know, along with these six or seven other people that were there and uh, asked me to be on altar service. Sure. So he had no clue what my background was. So, um, but uh, I, I, we all have this desire for him Mm. and he's, and, and he's waiting there for us. Mm. Um, And, um, you know, it, 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 it it comes and goes, it, it, it it ebbs and flows. It, It, it wanes some, and that's what it did in my life. I was starting to seek him, but then I, you know, fell, fell away as many of us do. Um, so I, like you, Joseph, um, you know, came from a Catholic home and, um, was blessed to go to Catholic schools, but just wasn't connected and fell away. Um, and thanks be to God. He he brought me back. And that's a fun story to talk about when we have more time. Oh, we got time, baby. Let's go. Before we get into that deep, dark story that many of us hide, but we lived, uh, Take a minute, share something personal about you um, that very few people in your business life or ministry life actually know. This just kind of lightens the mood a little. I um, like to garden. I actually, uh, I, I have a, a great garden. My, my mother was a, a, was a great gardener. And I grew up in this great property where my parents would force me to mow the lawn and rake. We had umpteen zillion trees on our property, and the raking was just <laughs> this. It was it, it was like a park. Mm. Uh, and I uh, grew up doing this, but I, you know, as a kid, I was thinking, "Oh gosh, this is terrible." But now I absolutely love it. It's cathartic. Mm. It's uh, you're relaxing, and I love to garden and grow things. Um, God is a God, our God is a God of life and of growth. Mm-hmm. And I love to see things and watch things grow. Um, so I've got a little garden in the back. And um, actually, in, during COVID, when we were all locked down, um, our housing development, we were replacing all these fences. And uh, I saw all these fence posts that they were pulling out of these fences. And I said, what are you guys doing with those? Well, we're just going to grind, take them back and grind them up. And they're just trash. And I said, well, you mind if I take them? And uh, so I took them and they, they let me have them. And I took them and put like 30 fence posts in my driveway and started sanding them down, pr- pulling out. These, these are fence posts that have been in the ground for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, really weathered and worn and so forth. But I sanded them down. Some of them were painted, scuffed, painted just marred up and um so i i I buffed them up um i uh lacquered them i stained them and i created planters in my backyard and took these old dilapidated fence posts and made something beautiful out of them um and uh that's you know i i 
I actually like talking about that because that's us. God takes us. He cleans us up. He uh, sends us down and, uh, and sometimes that's a little painful. Um, and he puts some stain on us. And, uh, you know, he, he just doesn't put us in the pasture, um, but he puts us there for purpose. And so they're still in the backyard and their stuff's growing out of them and they're beautiful and people comment them all, all, all the time. But that's one of my little things that I love to do is, is garden and do it's stuff such, like that. That is such a great story. Thank you for sharing that. You know, as you were saying it, I'm picturing, um, you know, Genesis and the garden, right? Of paradise. And God is a gardener. He yeah. loves to grow things. Yes. Right? And... uh Humans, unfortunately, after the fall, we'd love to destroy things, <laughs> right? So there's that paradox, right, going on, that duality, good and evil, and we're always like following evil and destruction rather than creation and construction and God. And so that's the pull. That's the pull. And it's an active decision on a daily basis, to your point, that ebb and flow, right? Like we're close with him, we're following the Lord, and then the next second, God's walking through the garden of our life saying, Son, where are you? Where did you go? Who told you you were naked? Who mm. told you to be shameful, to carry shame and guilt on you? Who told you this? You've been listening to the wrong voice, right? And how many times mm -hmm. we listen to the wrong voice, right? All right, so Dan, let's get into it. All right, so you raised Catholic. You're this good, like, little kid riding his bike to daily mass and, and service, you know, for Protestants, right? Service. And, uh, you know, like, that takes something. That takes something. There's, it's, it's, to your point, we're drawn to God. And we're restless until we rest yes. in him, right? Amen. St. Augustine. Yeah, St. Augustine. And you're that little boy who's just restless. And you're like, whoa, I just feel good here with God in his presence. And then what happens? You fall away. You, you lose sight of him. What started going on in your life as a young man? Yeah. yeah. So you know, just the world and, and distractions. Uh, we, we can all get distracted. Myself, the king of distraction. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I can get distracted. So got distracted and I just, uh, you know, fast forward a few years from that moment where I'm attending daily mass and I'm actually at a high school mass with one of my friends who's actually Protestant. And, um, I, 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 I really had, and this is the, this point where I think if I look back on my life, where the fall, my, my falling away, my drift really hit is i it, i was irritated bored in mass at this 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 high school mass and uh the priest gives final blessing and and then we say thanks be to god right and uh i said thanks be to god that that's over <laughs> and my friend that's so real my friend who who was a protestant and evangelical he turned to me and he said shame on you shame on you and he walked and i'll never forget that and but he's a this dude is awesome by the way he's a catholic now and an wow. ardent one he's an incredible man of god but he actually so i didn't get it then maybe i was just a little tick but i just kept drifting but now i look back on that and hear those words that was a seed that he planted um, and God used, and now I reflect back on, but that, that's, there's this turning point where I was just not investing myself any longer. Like I had been, I was drifting and I was just a, just a disengaged participant. Okay. Mm. And that's what, what happened, I think. So eventually, you know, I, I, I just was going to mass because my family did, I was going to church because my family did, went away to college to a Catholic college and stopped going to mass um and just drifted um so and god and boy um talk about the prodigal son drifted hard um just you know partying and uh lots of bad stuff and uh, just really fell uh in a bad way i i should be dead mm -hmm. i should be dead uh several times over 
um, and just live this wild and crazy life for a couple of years. And um, the turning point came to coming home um, was when I was 20 at a party that I was throwing in my own house, uh, Kager. And I was, I was a baseball player in, in college. So it was a baseball house. And, um, you know, we, we had this party charge people to come in the door and, you know, help pay you for our rent with doing <laughs> Kagers. So entrepreneurial at a young age, but so you were selling one. liquor without a liquor license is what that's I'm right, to say. buddy. That's right. <laughs> I, I just, boy, you name it. I did it wrong. But, uh, I, I was in one room and I heard, uh, a, a gal come through the door, somebody talking to this gal and said something inappropriate to her. And she said, I wouldn't do such a thing. I'm a good Catholic girl. And my head snapped back. Yeah, I heard, hear that, mm. you know? Um, and I saw the most beautiful girl that I'd ever seen in my entire life. And, uh, I just, whoa, I, I actually was with another girl at the, at the time and uh, I just couldn't take my eyes off of this girl and found out the next day that she worked at a local record store. And uh, I went down to that record store and um, embarrassed myself and uh, got the guts up and said, you know, hey, can I get your number? Can you want to go out sometime? And um, we did. And uh, a week after we, uh, after the, I met her, um, I told her I was going to marry her, and I was twenty. But this and this was a wild and crazy guy, um, and a year later, I did marry her. Um, but uh, that that's uh, part of the path, you know, because I had this cultural background of being Catholic, okay, um, and heard this and this just beautiful breathtakingly beautiful lady uh, walk in the door and just drew, boy, God used that moment. So we were married in the church. We had our first son baptized in the church. We weren't really actively practicing our faith. We'd go to mass when her dad would invite us to breakfast afterward. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we just weren't, weren't involved and it, it moved away. I started teaching high school and coaching and, um, and after I graduated from college and um, moved away and actually as I was teaching, got involved in business with some evangelicals and they would talk about Jesus. They were not afraid to talk about Jesus. And they talked about him with such enthusiasm and joy. And like, it was just unique. I never heard somebody talk about Jesus in the way these guys did. They'd invite me and my wife over for Bible studies, get together at their houses. They'd invite us to services at their churches. And at, you know, they, at these services, they do these altar calls. And they, they, and they altar call, ask you to make a decision to follow Jesus with your life, to give your life to Jesus and follow him. And so I saw this happen a few times and wow, this is, this is interesting. And I you finally get to one of them where the preacher says, you know, you're either for God or against him. You need to choose. So I stood up and I walked forward. He was, it was just, I just needed it that black and white. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I walked forward and, and the preacher said, I haven't made the altar call yet. Said, well, I'm here. <laughs> you're, you're like God made the call. <laughs> he did. He did. And I, I actually made a decision to follow Jesus Christ that day and give him my life. And it, Can I that was right there? wild. Yeah. Uh -huh. All right. So Dan, you just hit something, right? And I, I want to speak it. I need to speak mm. it. There were so many of you listening right now, Protestant, Catholic, pick your label, who proclaim Jesus, who go through the motions of following him, doing the actions, doing good works in the world, but you have not yet made the decision to follow him in your heart. 
That was me for the majority of my life. Wearing the mask of Christian, Catholic, Jesus follower. But it was just a mask. It wasn't authentic. Because I didn't even know what authentic looked like. Until I saw others around me that were authentically living it. And when I looked in the mirror, I saw a fraud. Mm. And that's my prayer for each listener today. Is for you to look in the mirror and see what's real. Not what's projected. What's real? Have you chosen him and are actively following him? That means the good and the bad, the cross and the triumph, right? The crucifixion and the resurrection. Are you following him through all those seasons? And do others see it in you? So Dan, thank you for that because I just want to call out that one person listening right now who hasn't got up and walked up and made the decision and they're avoiding it. So tell us what happened next. We are so loved. I'm just going to continue on with what you just said. We are so loved and you have a God that loves you so much that he absolutely gave everything, everything poured his blood out for you so that you could be covered and he took he takes away all of our sins and all you need to do is receive that just accept him in your life accept him claim him choose him and that's all you need to do let's speak Um, about men for a second dan because one of the most difficult thing things for us men to do is to receive love Hmm. because of what we've done Mm -hmm. the mistakes we've made and the unworthiness and shame we feel so even when love is freely given and we know in our head god paid the ultimate price and he covered us in his blood and he saved us and he freed us from sin we don't actually feel it in our heart because in our heart we feel unworthy of love, unlovable. Sometimes we hate ourselves because we don't just see the sin we did. We are the sin we did. Mm. Mm. And that's what we believe. And that's the lie of the enemy. But it's real to us in our heart. Speak to us about that. Did you have any of that going on? Big time. Uh, Oh, big time. And, And still sometimes it still comes back to taunt me. Okay. How did, how did so, you move past that? So it's a process. Life is a it, life. We're, we're all in a continuous conversion process. God asked, said, be Jesus said, be perfect. Even as your heavenly father is perfect. Well, that's going to take a while. That's going to take, that's a process. Okay. There's, Two perfect people. One of them was God, and one of them was his mom. Okay. Um, the rest of us, we got to work. We got it's. It's going to be a process. But for me, um, you ask, well, what's the? I'm going to just go back to what you said for men and for me. Um, what's? I, I was recently asked this. I spoke to the Western Canadian bishops and Northern Canadian bishops in mid-February. Seventeen bishops in a room. And was sharing with them about the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance and all that we do to ignite, empower, and equip ministry to men throughout the world. And um, so one of them asked me a very pointed question. Well, what do you think the biggest challenge with men is today? And I said, I think we're lonely and distracted. And we're distracted because we're lonely. And you said it earlier, Joseph, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. That's what St. Augustine said. And talk about a prodigal son. There's a guy right there. Lived, lived an absolutely crazy life, okay? In fact, he said, God, make me pure, but not yet. I'm having way too much fun. That was one of my most honest prayers of my life. I connect with St. Augustine in a way you don't even know because I battled sex addiction for a long time. So wow. I get him. Wow. Well, 
and God gets you and he gets all of us. And we are all distracted. We all get distracted. We're all, we have this in this loneliness because our hearts are restless until they rest in him. And because of that loneliness and that restlessness, we try to fill that gaping hole. And for men, it could be sex. It could be porn. It could, it's women, alcohol could be drugs. It could be work. Mm-hmm. Okay. It could be work. It could be uh, look. And I'm not pointing. If I've got my finger pointed, there's three pointing right back at good old Dan. Okay. We're all, we're all, we all struggle with that. And what we need is we need a savior. Okay. And he has a name. It's Jesus. Okay. But we also need each other. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 says, let us consider how to lift up one another to love and good works. Not forsaking getting together as is the habit of some or gathering together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day drawing near. So what I hear from that, what I hear is, well, we need each other Mm -hmm. and we need to be together like we are right now, Joseph, you and me, we're having a conversation. I'm fired up, man. It's great to talk with you and, and just talk about our faith and get encourage one another. Pray with you. Prayed when we began this morning. Everybody, you got you to gotta pray with Joseph sometime. Um, that dude can pray. I started crying when you, when you were praying, man. That's the Holy Spirit working through your words, through your yes, through your continue through this show, this is not easy work. This is hard. This is a battle. But you're you're after it. I, I'm 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 going on, man. But that's uh, what do I see? What do I see? Is the biggest struggle loneliness and distraction? And the, there is an answer. He has a name. It's Jesus. And we need to continue to lift each other up in Him. Mm. So good. Back to the story. What happened next? You go up, you accept yeah. Jesus, you make the bleeping decision. You're going to live your life and actually follow him now. What I happened? walked out of the building. I walked out of the building and, and I actually, the world looked different. It, it was, it was wild, Joseph. It was really wild. It was brighter. It was like, whoa, I was freaked out. Um, it was a different deal, but I was told to go find a Bible believing church. Hmm. And so we did some, we did, we, we didn't go back to the Catholic church, which is the church that actually put the Bible together. Okay. That's the Catholic church is a Bible believing church. <laughs> okay? We, we failed to go back. Okay. But we did some church hopping and eventually, and I'm, I'm fast forwarding, wound up at a Baptist church um, where we were, we were welcomed. We were invited into small groups. Remember what I just told you? Okay. So we got, my wife and I got in a Bible study together. I got in a men's group. She got into a mommy's group. We got totally active and involved. And we fell in love with scripture, with the word of God. We fell in, and it was like, whoa, this is, why? This is awesome. And our faith just started to really bloom. We got really excited about our faith. And, um, but one of the things that, that happened is in, in this couples group that Andrea and I were a part of, uh, people would say things like, hey, pray for my uncle, brother, sister, cousin, friend, whatever. They're Catholic. In, in a way, like Catholic's a bad thing, okay? Andrea's like, what? What's what's wrong with Catholic? Like, and I, and I, I'm like, yeah, let's pray for them. They're Catholic, <laughs> you know? And But Andrea investigated, and she was like, well, what's wrong with being Catholic? She really wasn't catechized as a, as a kid. And so she started to listen to the radio, Catholic radio, listen, watch you know, Catholic TV. She started to read books. She really started to to investigate the claims of the Catholic Church. She read it, she started to really 
do, do scripture analysis, you know, so about just, these different claims. Just mm-hmm. to clarify, she was not Catholic. She was Protestant. When you oh, she was born and raised Catholic. She was from an amazing Catholic family. Oh, okay. She was born and raised Catholic, and and I took her out of that, and she 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 followed oh. me. Oh. I was wondering why you all weren't going to church and stuff because she sounded like she was a churchgoer prior to meeting you. Yeah, kind of like me. She was she okay. was she had drifted like me. We weren't really active and involved. Okay. So we drifted away. Somebody said, "Hey, um, make a decision for Jesus." We did. She she and she followed me to the, okay, got to it. this church hopping. All right, so she's uh, researching what's so bad about being Catholic. Yeah, and and. Uh, I, on the other hand, I took this experience that, that I had, this drift that was Dan and my drift, and it blamed it on, uh, I, I really wasn't, you know, good. Look, the, the catechesis or the instruction that I was given as a kid what wasn't that awesome. It wasn't real solid. <laughs> um, but it wasn't because the Catholic Church was wrong. It was just because I didn't get good, good instruction. And I really didn't have this really connection with a relationship with Jesus. Well, okay. So Andrea does this investigation. She gets started getting fired up. She started going to mass. She starts seeing Father Richard at the local parish that we we were at in Washington. And uh, started, you know, hey, you kind of come meet with Father Richard with me. I said, sure, you come and meet with Pastor Phil with me. So she dragged me to Father Richard. I dragged her to Pastor Phil. We'd go back and forth. We were just really button heads. And I was a knucklehead. I was not open-minded. She'd give me CDs. I'd throw them out the car window. Okay. <laughs> She'd give me books. I, I couldn't get through a chapter. I was really closed-minded. Um, but it, it became a massive issue in our marriage. So one night we got on our knees and we gave it to God. We actually, we prayed earnestly and sincerely and said, God, we can't come up. We don't have a compromise here, let alone a resolution. Please help. And it was, I'll never forget the prayer. Never forget. I'll never get, it burned in my brain. And the next day we agreed, um, we'd start seeing a counselor. So I started calling counselors, got a hold of a counselor that said, Hey, you know, I always call a counselor and say, are you a Christian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Want to find a Christian counselor? Okay, good. And uh, got a hold of a guy that said, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I counsel from a Christian perspective. I was born and raised Catholic. I went to the seminary, but I left the church and I'm now at this evangelical church. And um, yeah, and that's my background. I thought, man, this is awesome. Lord, you answer prayer. You're so fast. This is incredible. This guy's going to fix Andrea. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we go to this first appointment with this counselor and uh he was awesome loves jesus uh and the issue came out we talked about this this issue where we were battling beating heads against one another with our faith and he looks at me and says dan what's your problem the catholic church is a christian church you ever seen a dog that heard a new noise and kind of cocked his head sideways <laughs> That was me. And God used that man who I thought was going to fix Andrea to open my mind. Hmm. And from that day, I I started listening to the radio. I started, I, I listened to this with a lot of skepticism. Okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't immediate, but I started to open my mind and started to listen to the things that Andrea was telling me about. I started to read. I started to go to mass with her. I would I'd have my Bible in my lap and I was blown away. Yeah, I didn't remember, but the mass is totally out of scripture. It's totally scripture. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And it just, each of the objections that I had to the Catholic church started to get addressed. I was like, wow, this is just incredible. But my biggest one was the Eucharist. How can people worship a piece of bread? Hmm. I didn't get that. I think I I didn't get that. I struggled with it and was reading stuff. You know, I had a mentor at the evangelical church that we were at that I meet with, and he kind of talked me through stuff on this perspective, his perspective, and kind of talked it away. I came home one night after work, and our ten-year-old, nine-year-old son Jacob was on the couch 
crying with the Bible in his lap. I said, Jacob, what's, what's wrong? He says, well, Papa, it says right here that I don't have life in me. He was reading the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, where Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And I thought, man, I was so mad at Andrea for putting him up to this. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't her. It was it was the Holy Spirit. And uh, it and it wasn't immediate, but like, whoa, uh, boy, with a little kid, um, just the, the faith of a child. Boy, do I need I need the faith of a child. I got to reread this. And Jesus repeated over and over and over and over in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in me. You know, my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. He repeated this over and over. And his disciples, the people that were following, thought, hey, this dude's crazy. We're out of here. They said, how can this be? And he, he doubled down and he repeated himself to them. And they said, well, that's enough. We're gone. Then he turned to his closest friends, the apostles, the 12. And he said, you too? He didn't turn back and say, hey, uh, I was just, this was a parable. This was just a story. Guys hang around. No, he said, you too? And what did, what did, what did Peter said, say, oh, how can we leave you? You have the words of everlasting life. So that was it for me. Eventually, and I, I read Scott Hahn's book, The Lamb's Supper. I just really dug into this. I kept meeting with Father Richard. And finally, one day I just said, I, I went to go see Father Richard. He said, you're ready, aren't you? I said, yeah. He said, great. He put on a stool. He said, let's go to confession. And he walked me in the confessional. He heard my confession and he welcomed me home to the Catholic church. That was 2003. And it keeps getting better and better and better every single day. What a story. What a story. Now, BC Nation, wherever you are in your faith journey, this is Dan's faith journey. Okay, It's not meant to be compared with yours. It's meant to be investigated for sure. And as I say it this way, your job is to pursue truth. God is truth. Your job is to pursue truth wherever it leads you, wherever he leads you, and not resist with your closed-mindedness like Ooh. Dan did. And if he leads you to become a better Baptist, and be the best Baptist you could be for the rest of your life. Amen. And if he leads you to become a Catholic, be the best on Catholic you could be till the day you die. Amen. And for some of our non-Christian uh, listeners, if he leads you to become a better Buddhist, become the best Buddhist you can and walk in his way. If you're agnostic and atheist, and this is going to ruffle feathers, but I'm going to say it anyway. If pursuing God's truth, truth itself, absolute truth, not your truth, absolute truth. If it leads you to become a better agnostic and a better atheist, then be the best you can be till the day you die. But here's what I know. When you pursue truth, who is God, he will always lead you back to himself. Always. So this is a, 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 um, a bait and switch invitation because i know if you truly pursue him with all your heart you cannot will not remain agnostic or atheist it's impossible he will lead you but i want you to let go of the effing labels people god didn't create these labels we did the enemy did god wants us to be one Amen. That's it. 
So I hope I presented that in a way that got through your ears, through that closed mind, mind that you walk around with, and touched your heart in some way. That's where the shift needs to happen. Dan's shift happened in his heart, not his head. Mm-hmm. That's the key to everything. When your face starts leaking, you're shifting, you're growing. Until your face starts leaking, you're not, you're resisting. There's your evidence. <laughs> I do that in my own coaching, uh, Dan. Like Until I get a man to cry, I haven't broke through. I know that. So my objective is like make him cry. He doesn't know that. <laughs> but I got to get to. You've already made me cry a couple times, man. You're good at what you do. That's like awesome. that's the goal. I got to get through your head, hard head, into your heart. God had to get through my hard head into my heart. Otherwise, my because life didn't change. Something, something that I, I've actually realized about you is it's not just you getting through somebody's head. You're letting God use you. You're letting the Holy Spirit get through people's heads. Well, my job is to be the world's most irritational coach. (laughs) Okay. Because if I irritate you enough, you're going to crack open your heart just a little bit. And that's all God needs. And his light comes in. His love comes in. He does the work. I just got to force that seed in somehow. You're just just holy sandpaper, Joseph. (laughs) You're holy sandpaper. You're just, you're smoothing things out, brother. But that's what we're all called to do, right? St. Paul the greatest evangelist of all time, he was holy sandpaper. Even to his fellow apostles, especially to Peter, Mm -hmm. the one that God chose to build the entire church on. Paul had to irritate him and call him out and show him he was wrong on some things. And Peter was humble enough to get past his hard-headedness into his Mm -hmm. heart and say, you know what? You're right. Mm Mm-hmm. And his behavior shifted and the entire church shifted because of that humility of Peter. So this is key. This is key. And this is why we need each other. Peter needed Paul in that moment in his life. Yes. Right? This is important because Peter was showing up like, I don't know, a Protestant. And Paul was showing up like a Catholic or vice versa, which I don't care what the label is. But they needed each other to grow. And if you're fighting against the other Christians because they don't identify with the same label as you because they didn't go through the same path as you and they weren't raised in the same family as you, then you are hard-hearted and hard-headed. All right, enough of that. (laughs) Dan, let's go. All right, brother. Uh, So now you're working with men. Yes. We're going to skip a lot of the story here. Just fast forward it, okay? Because God took over now. Because you finally surrendered. All right. Mm -hmm. So God has you working with men specifically. What's going on, bro? Like, what's God doing in your life? You're part of this Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance. You're part of Heroic Men. Like, you're watching men shift. And your approach is to strengthen the men. Because when you strengthen the man, you strengthen the family. When you strengthen the family, you strengthen the church. And when you strengthen the church, you, you transform the entire culture. And darn it, our culture needs a transformation, doesn't it? Yes. All right. What's going on? What's happening here, man? What is God doing in you? What does he have next for you? Well, he, he has the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance. Uh, this is where I am now and uh, help to lead that with our president, Robert Tunmeyer, who is an amazing man of God. Um, incredible, um, just an incredible man. Um, but what, here's, here's what we do is exactly what you said. Our motto is very, very simple. That we want to focus on strengthening men. And we believe ultimately that will transform the culture. And there is oodles and oodles of data that shows this. Okay. Dan, if I can jump in right there, because I'm that guy, I'm the host, right? So uh, the if you inverse your approach, this is the enemy's approach. Instead of strengthen the man, he weaken the man. Weaken the man, weaken the family. Weaken the family, weaken the church. Weaken the church, transform and weaken the culture for death. Yep. Look around, people. That's what happened. And it all started with the man. Why? Because the fall of mankind started with the man, Adam. 
It's the same thing, full circle. Do you see it? So for all you people out there, you liberals and all your agenda that are anti-man, anti-masculinity, you have it all wrong. The man is the pillar of the culture. Not because I said so, Dan says so, anybody else says so. God chose him. And he is the solution to the darkness all around us. It's the man standing in front of you. It's the man you've been knocking down. You've been weakening. Maybe you are that man. You're the solution to the evil around you. Dan, please continue. It all goes back to, 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 to the beginning. Go back to Genesis. God's greatest creation is humankind, man and woman. Okay. He has a defector. There's a traitor. Okay. The devil. And he's a liar from the beginning. And the devil knows that he can't attack God. He can't win. So what's he going to do? He's going to go after his greatest creation to divide, to lie, to tear asunder. Okay. He went after man and woman. Initially, he went after the dude and the dude, because he didn't stand up for his wife, Eve, they fell. It's the same story over and over and over. You just said it, Joseph, but I didn't want to repeat that. But there is a man that redeemed all of that in a garden. In a garden. His name's Jesus. He restored all of that, and he's, he's invited us all to be restored through the sacrifice that he made for us and the resurrection and his victory over death that he did make for us. Okay, so men, realize this. Promise Keepers, huge, awesome Christian men's organization back in the 90s, did a survey or just study and found that if a man is actually actively practicing his Catholic faith, 92% of his children will continue to practice their faith into adulthood. If the man isn't practicing the faith and is just the, the, the mom, just the, the woman, 18% of kids will go on to practice their faith into adulthood. That's not to put down mommies. That's not down for, to put down women. It just shows a particular role that a man has. And look, if the two are together, holy moly. Okay, so what we do to strengthen men is we put on inspiring events on a quarterly basis. We do a heroic men summits. Our next one is on June 10th. Go to heroicmen.com. That's our, our platform. You could register for that. It's totally free. You'll get updates from us about our events that are that are ongoing. But we have a free heroic men virtual summit every 90 days to encourage men in their faith, build men up in their faith. And we have thousands of men from all over planet Earth join us for those events. They're only a couple of hours long. And what we really love is when guys actually watch that event together with other guys. Okay. All right. So that's the first thing we do, inspiring events. Second thing that we do is we provide engaging resources. Heroicmen.com, I just mentioned it. Go there. It's a free resource for men to help you to continue to grow in your faith, full of thousands of videos to build up men in their faith. But more importantly, it's not just a, a warehouse of information. It's actually a resource for small groups. We have dozens of studies, video studies, for men to go through with other men. Okay, we're built up with one another. So the third thing that we do is we provide leadership coaching. We coach on how to have successful men's conferences and how to have transformative small groups for men. And what's the purpose of a men's conference? To get men fired up in their faith so that they'll go and start having small group discussions with other men continued throughout the year and transform each other with the power of the gospel. Powerful. The three things that we do. Powerful, Dan. Thank you for that. All right. We're coming to the completion 
of this conversation. Not the end, the conversation is ongoing, but the completion of this part of the conversation. And we're speaking with Dan Donaldson. And uh, man, he shared his story. But you know, BC Nation, it's not his story. It's not my story. It's not your story. It's God's story told through our life. And that's why we must always give credit to God for the remainder of our life after he comes in and saves us. And if you're taking credit, like somehow you played a part in that transformation. (laughs) Oops. Stop. (laughs) Stop. You had no part. I told you I was the lost sheep peeing on Jesus's shoulders. That's the only part I played. (laughs) Like, that's it. There is no credit for you. Give God the credit always. All right, so Dan, we're headed to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you (laughs) if you could only see his face right now. (laughs) The big eye lizard look. I love it. Uh, Dan, I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about 10 seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show without the prizes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. What is your favorite thing about God? His mercy. Yeah. What is your least favorite thing about God? His mercy. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Uh, What? Because it's hard. It can be hard. It's hard to receive it. We got to open ourselves up and receive it. It's it's you, you, we talked about sandpaper earlier, but he intends everything for our good, even if we don't like it. We need to accept it and receive it as a gift. His mercy is an absolute, total, free gift, and sometimes it ain't easy. But but receive it, receive it, and sometimes it's hard. All right. We're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life, Dan. That's what I believe. Uh, it's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, either professionally or personally? I put too much on my plate all the time. All the time. It's, a, it's an old lie. I got to do better. I got to do more. I got to do. I got to do. I got to do. I got to do. No, mm. I just got to be his. Mm. Got it. What are you most afraid of? Being without him. Yeah. It's a lonely place to drift, yeah. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Working. Yeah. Oh, man. High-performing men. <laughs> Workaholics, aren't we? Yep. So many of us. What secret fear do you have about people? I don't know that I have one. I love, I, I don't know. I love people. Um, I don't know. Maybe that that will be judged, but I guess I don't really care anymore. <laughs> it's a great place to be when you transcend people's opinions. Yeah. What, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Oh, about his mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Yeah. Yeah. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Greater discipline, greater focus, greater um, uh, saying no, not taking everything on. Yeah, that's it. So many of us are really good at saying yes to things, but terrible at saying no. And we get an overly full plate. Uh, Pick three words to describe who you are now. I'm a son. I'm a son of a father in heaven who loves me. I am a husband of my dream girl. Hmm. And I am a father of five amazing gifts that belong to God. And I'm just there, his steward, their steward here on earth. And, um, I am just so blessed. Hmm. I acknowledge you for the order that you put those in because that's the correct order. That's the godly order. And so many of us men, we have those out of order. God, wife, kids. And it has to be in that order. Otherwise, you're incongruent or misaligned to God's plan for your life. Dan. 
Pick three words to describe who you were before you got up, you walked up, and you decided to follow Jesus with the remainder of your life. I was dazed, confused, but I was searching. Mm. It's not a bad place to be, actually. Dazed, confused, and seeking, right? Seeking truth, seeking truth. Uh, Last question. If you could come back to life after you died, not reincarnation, but it's just a hypothetical. You could come back to life after you died. Look your wife and kids, your family, your friends in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about God and relationship with him. What would you say to them? Trust him. Mic drop. That's it. It's not more difficult or complex than that, BC Nation. Trust God. That means in every detail of your life. Just trust him. Easier said than done, but easier the more you practice. Mm -hmm. Dan, homework assignment. This is where you get to give BC Nation, my worldwide audience, a homework assignment for this week. What is one action they must take in order to trust God more? Give him a little more of yourself. Okay. If if you're Catholic, I want to encourage you, if you're only going to Mass on Sunday, you can increase that 100% by going to Mass one extra time during the week. Okay. If, if you are an evangelical Protestant, you know, take some more time, gather with people, um, spend some more time with him during the course of your week. Spend time with him. Yeah. And I would just add for all our non-Christians who listen to the show, trying to find where we mess up and go wrong, which I know you do, you bunch of critiquers. Uh, homework assignment, pursue truth. Go one more mm. step. Seek it. Stop trying to be right. See what's real. Pursue truth wherever it leads you. And don't be scared. Okay. Uh, BC Nation, did you enjoy this show, this episode with Dan Donaldson? If you did, please go to brokencatholic.com right now with your thumbs, brokencatholic.com, and write an honest review about Dan, about Dan, not the host, okay, about Dan. And uh, I know he'll appreciate that. Or go to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher.com, and you can do it there, whatever you prefer. And if we like what you write, we'll give you a shout-out live on the show, like I'm about to do with Bruce Hebel. Bruce Hebel, who was on our show a while back, um, and he wrote a five-star review, uh, Trusting God When Your Life Makes No Sense. Trusting God When Your Life Makes No Sense. Great insights from Pastel's. Pastor Samuel, who is a guest on our show a while back, and he is a mega church Protestant pastor. Like he speaks to like tens of thousands of people every Sunday, right, in his congregation. And he said, Great insights from Pastor Samuel on keeping our faith in the most difficult moments. And isn't that what we all want to keep our faith in the most difficult moments? Thank you, Bruce Hebel, for your five star review. Uh, Dan, uh, you already shared pretty much where we can go, where we can find out more. Anything you want to add? We got heroicmen.com. And what's your other website? Catholicmenleaders.org. Catholicmenleaders.org. Excellent. And we can find yes. everything we need to know or want to know about getting involved, attending one of the conferences. These are not just for Catholic men. These are for Protestant men as well. Yes. Absolutely. We invite all men to join us. There's no cost to anything that we do uh, other than our annual uh, in-person conference in Philadelphia this summer, which is 150 bucks, and that includes room and board. We're not making a dime on it. Um, it's incredible. We were gathering uh, leaders of ministry to men from throughout North America. It'll be an incredible event. So if you want to be a leader in ministry to men, contact us. You got to we'll be there. You, you got to be there. All right, Dan Donaldson, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you so much. It has been a blessing and an honor to hang out with you, Joseph. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? 
Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.